This is an epic episode. Mm. It's not cake. There was a tiny, just a little, like that much of me that was disappointed. It's not. And then the gratitude grabbed it, snapped it over my legs, and went enough. <laughs> it's soup, my love, and I've got some. Um, it I've got like some curry. Bread. It is curried carrot soup uh, with homemade sourdough. <laughs> I spoil you. This has been you. sat on the side for about three hours, and I've been looking at it, thinking, "Ooh, okay, that will go everywhere because Jez cannot be trusted with perching soup on your knee." Thanks. You're doing incredibly well. All this. Thanks. Um, oh, I have to tell you a really funny turmeric story, real quick. This is not part of the. This might be an extra long one again. Um, uh, so, when Mr. Adorable and I first started dating, I was wearing retainers uh, mm. to correct my tooth that went the teeth that went the wrong direction, and uh, he said, "Oh, I'll make you." my nan's um, turmeric milk, hot turmeric milk. So he nice. warmed up some milk and some turmeric and we had that, lovely, went to bed. Woke up the next morning and I said, hey, morning, and he went, oh, your, your teeth are quite yellow. I said, oh, it's probably the turmeric. Ha 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 Went into the bathroom, they were like neon yellow and it had stained the retainers. I mean, it looked <laughs> horrific. Like... I was like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> so turmeric's lovely, but you know it's stainy. It is super stainy, uh, but incredibly delicious, and goes mm, perfectly uh, with root vegetables. So many root veg. Do uh, you do this all the time? Please tell me that you stop off at like Burger King or something every now and again. I did drive past McDonald's on the way here, and there was a little voice inside me oh. going, "McMuffin breakfast." But I didn't, I didn't, because I knew we had this uh, this carrot soup ready okay. for us. Talk me through this, because okay. this is amazing. You need to make this at home. This we'll, is delicious. We'll put the recipe on um, on Instagram. Yeah, great. Uh, so <clears throat> it's uh, a base of ginger and turmeric and onions that you fry up, and then you add carrots that you've roasted with cumin, just bung them in the oven and wow. roast them with some olive oil and cumin, um, with some lentils, some split split yeah. red, yellow lentils or whatever you've got. In with the carrot. In a boil it Roast all it. up, yeah. Boil it all up um, and and with it. And that's sort of it. And it can wow. be a base for, you could leave it chunky and have it as a dull. Just going to say could, the same thing. You can um, puree it as I've done here so it's smooth and then add like just whatever you've got in the freezer. Wow. So this has got peas and spinach and sweet corn in it, but it could equally be bits of mm. leftover chicken. And of course you can freeze it, right? You can freeze it. So this is this is a great example of batch stuff. Mm. That I mean, you are the queen of like, you know, making something out of also whatever you've got left, but also of gluts of, you know, you've got a lot of something, how can I be creative yeah. to make something out of it? And at this time of year, I think there's always a root veg because it's sometimes sure. of year are quite difficult to find lots of, it's really easy to cook lovely soups in September because there's so much choice. But in early spring, it's quite hard. But you yeah, can yeah, always yeah. Sure. rely on a root veg because they store so well mm. or they stay in the soil over the winter. Or um, So That's there's always going to be a carrot. absolutely flipping delicious. Cheap as chips as well. I was just about to ask how much this sort of is. It's a cheap thing, right? Super cheap. But it's veg. I, Most I, expensive thing in this? Probably the turmeric. Right. Yeah, but again, you buy turmeric and ginger f f 
fresh in the root version. Grate what you need and then freeze it mm. and use it from frozen. I've never seen turmeric not as a powder. Oh, what is it? It's like a small but orange um, ginger root. I had no idea. Mm. Can you grow it in this country? I don't think you can. No. I mean, I think you could if it was super sheltered, but not really. Um, and you, you'll only ever need to buy one chunk of it because it lasts forever and you freeze it and then just grate it as you need it. So the, that, because uh, I've only ever seen turmeric as a powder, but interestingly, of course, so my mind was finding, I was finding it difficult to think about how you'd use it grated, but it's mm. the same as ginger, isn't it? You see ginger yeah. as a powder a lot, but actually it's the same as a root. You just exactly. grate it in and it's the flavour yeah. that you're... It's the flavour and you get a much fresher flavour. You can use the powdered, but you get a much fresher, juicier flavour, I think, with this. Now, are you an organic lady or are you... Because I think our values kind of align broadly. Mm -hmm. But um, because, of course, the thing with root veg is it grows in the ground and relies really heavily on the soil yeah. to, to keep it safe and, and for it to grow, but also if it draws nutrients. Mm. Excuse me. Did you just get a big <laughs> chunk? <laughs> class oh yeah 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 <laughs> i'm gonna cross my legs really wide in a minute too um it absorbs nutrients directly from the soil as well like around yeah, it, right? yeah. so you're i'm guessing quite a big proponent of no nasties in the soil when i grow it myself abs i mean i'd always choose organic well I was going to say I'd always choose organic when I'm shopping as well, but I think it's more complicated when you're shopping. But yes. when I'm, which is another conversation. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. when I'm growing at home, yeah, because it just seems like a no-brainer to me, regardless yeah. of your ideology or your political bent or anything. Sure. Why would I want to eat something that came out of a soil that I just sprayed with God knows what or turned sure. in? goodness knows what chemicals out of plastic bags why and then and then I'm gonna lick the carrot you know like yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean I don't lick the carrot but you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. why would I do that uh -huh. and it's not necessary <laughs> can you not get a picture of me licking carrots <laughs> I just thought if ever there was a phrase that could be on a on a bag for, for win the bag well don't touch me hello my lovelies <laughs> She licks carrot. She licks the carrot. I lick the carrot. For those not aware carrot. of the bag, we've been doing <laughs> bag giveaway bags full of lots of amazing goodies all the way through the season. And each bag has a saying on it that one of us says a lot. And I think that my <laughs> I don't so lick sorry. carrots. <laughs> should definitely should so, definitely be one. I love soil do, do as you, a thing. Do you grow organically? Yeah, yeah, always. I mean I was um for a very short period of time because I got a bit frustrated with it all but I was a trustee of the Soil Association oh, for yeah. a little while um, and it was a huge proponent in fact we were one of the very first at the farm one of the very first adopters of the um, uh, what was it they had a new initiative a soil association initiative for encouraging people who serve food to only serve organic um, oh yeah I forget what that is we it, had a plate and everything we were one of the sort of pioneers of that scheme sustainable restaurant thing mm, that sort yeah. of thing um so I'm a big fan of it. I, and you're right, it's a whole other conversation that we have to have another time on a different episode, but there's a, the, there is a lot more to organic that I think we probably need yeah. to chat about. And, and the accessibility of it and the cost yeah. and all that kind of yeah. jazz. And people should be aware of that. But I, so for example, I will always choose organic eggs over free range eggs. Yeah. 
because the welfare standards of free range are so... Um, yeah. Yeah, let's... Anyway, so <clears throat> th this, I wanted to read this because this is lovely. Um, this was 10 facts about soil health you didn't learn in school. I didn't think I learned any facts about soil in school. Well, again, conversation for another episode. Being told off for eating it. Just me. So soil is 45% <laughs> mineral, 25% air, and we'll come back to that in a second, 25% water and 5% organic matter on average, right? It says here the 5%, that's the organic matter, is critical for plant growth because it's that's the tiny bit, the 5%, right? And this is important is the microbial community, the humic and fulvic acids, the, um, the organic matter, that's what sustains the, the multi-organisms. That's, that's where you get all the good stuff, all the tiny bugs. And as you think about it, so f that's just 5%. Yeah. So that's very easy to kill. Yeah. Because it's only 5%. Yeah. So when you look at mass commercial farming and the reason that they're having, they rely now entirely on fertilizers and pesticides is because the soil is, when they, you hear people saying the soil is dead, yeah. They've killed that 5%. It was fragile to begin with, right? But so critical. And so it's easy to get rid of it. And then what you're left That's with amazing. is air, water, and minerals. Which is of limited use mm -hmm. if you're a seedling. Yeah, yeah. So That's fascinating. I, I'm a big fan of, of soil because I, I suppose when you garden or when you grow stuff, you are, right? Because you're, you're in it all the time. And some yeah. soil is a pain in the ass. Another yes. soil isn't soil, it's clay. Yes. It's wet and cloddy. What or it's have lovely you got and in the garden, your garden? It is gorgeous. It's known as um, spalding silt here. Uh. So it dries out extremely quickly if it's not covered. Mm. But otherwise, what that means that if you do look after it, if you mulch it, it's gorgeous and loamy <gasps> and just tilthy, sandy. It's lovely, lovely. I bet you get really straight carrots. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's why the <laughs> eastern part of England is so famous. But what is carrots. it with carrots? Uh, why the eastern England is so pro mm -hmm. prolifically productive, if yes. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Because the soil's so good. And I have to say, driving over to you, I def I was slightly ogling the fields, which are beautiful, rich, dark mm. soil versus the Cotswolds rubble, yeah, basically. Yeah, very bubbly. <laughs> But I think the thing that got me fascinated about soil yeah. is growing, predominantly, obviously, but actually is the, is the being close to it. So in one of the series of Roots, Wings and Other Things, I interviewed Dave Gawson, the bee oh. guy, right? Yeah. Very, very, very interesting guy. Charming man. Fascinating to listen to. And I asked him about what this, these mass carpet of bees were on I the lawn. I remember this. You remember? Yeah, I do. And you these, got totally sidetracked. These burrowing bees that yeah. basically don't have a life. They just, they, they burrow under the ground, lay their eggs, then they die. A year later, when the, when the ground warms up, the eggs hatch. They burrow their way out, go and mate with another bee, then go back, burrow, lay their eggs, die. Then a year later, the, eggs warm, the, the ground warms up, the eggs, that's all they do. There's just this cycle. And I remember saying to Dave, but what's the point? And he said to me... It's a very philosophical question. What do you mean, what's the point? It's a big question. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Are you happy? Um, <laughs> um, and he said, well, what do you expect them to have a hobby or something? Like, why, why does it have to be a point? And I thought, but 
What, what's the, like, what? Darwinian-wise, what's the point of a bee existing? Do they pollinate something? They must serve some sort of purpose in nature Maybe. somehow, apart from digging little holes in your lawn. Yeah, and looking like a carpet of changing the grass from green to this sort of moving black and grey How extraordinary. Mass. Weird, huh? So then I got really obsessed with, I wonder what else is under there yes. that we don't know is under there. Uh. The bloody mole is one of them. Oh, don't even start me on moles. <laughs> but... It does make you realise why maybe some people, and I have this here, <laughs> mind my eyes. It's a plant. Um, it's a plastic plant. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's plastic. It's, it's just grass. It's got little dead bits at the bottom. It's clever, isn't it? It's like a sort of grassy, oh, you can feel it's plastic when yeah, you touch right. it. Actually. It doesn't need to be like that. But it's very authentic. It's in a pot and it's got little dead bits at the bottom <laughs> of it. It's very authentic because it's in a pot. No, I mean like a plastic pot yeah, as yeah. opposed to... What? Wow. Yeah, everything's plastic about it. The pot, the grass, <laughs> the dead bits. But what I like about styling with... Because houseplants can be expensive, and as you know, because apparently you're not very good at keeping them. Dreadful. They, they die quick. And what I like to style with both artificial plastic, uh, artificial plants and real ones is if you mix and match it, you can get great density and you've only got half the plants to water right, and worry about. And I can sort of understand why people go for plastic outside if you haven't got the right soil or if you don't like gardening, we're entering really interesting, dangerous territory here. Oh, I have many questions. <laughs> so, plastic grass or not plastic grass, Cathy? Not plastic. I mean, like grass. Let's just call it grass or pretend bits of plastic that are green. Okay. But it doesn't so look grass. like oh. <laughs> You just poked yourself in the eye with the plastic. <laughs> it does karma. That is. It does look like... I'm going to have another bit of this amazing sourdough. You, you are... A good at this um thank you um but how could you even i i just would rather have something else as look, a surface i've had plastic grass have I get you it. i get it why um, what was good about it no no wait different question i get why people would have plastic grass super convenient never have to worry about mowing it if you've got dogs which is the reason i had it with a very small garden <clears throat> and when the dogs come in and out, it's a nightmare. You know, they run around, the two of them, big Labradors, muddy, churn up the mud, you're constantly wiping, it takes 10 minutes every time they go in and out because you have to wipe their claws and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. I get it, I can understand why people would do it, but there are better alternatives to plastic grass. Such um, as? Um, Paving. <laughs> I would honestly rather have something structural. I think a, a thicker grass. Right. So the, this is the interesting thing about grass, is that, Lawn is normally a fine turf. It's cheaper, but because people aesthetically want a lovely, you know, shortcut green, yeah. bowling green type. Yeah. But there's loads, of, but grass is a plant, right? And there are loads of different types of grass. True. So if you go for a nice, thick, dense thatch of grass, mm. it doesn't get churned up. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, it's not, it's, not, it's not impossible to churn up, but it's much more hard wearing than what we would all think of as lawn. Mm. And it doesn't look quite as uniform and straight, you know, it sort of goes in different directions and it's thick and patchy and stuff, but much more hard wearing. Um, but then I did also think about plants. So clover is a great alternative to grass. It's very dense. I mean, you are bringing out all the controversial points today, aren't you? Yeah. Because a lot of people spend quite a lot of time trying to get rid of clover mm. from there. Well, you're right. It is a great ground cover. It's gorgeous. Much easier to mow so than grass. So why not? Beautiful little white flowers mm -hmm. sometimes. If you don't want it, then you... And it, it, it's green. Isn't that what you want from a lawn? Isn't Just a that... mass of green? Yeah, it's true. And I think I would rather 
somebody create paving or concrete with gaps in it and plant, you know, in the pocket plant rather than our plastic grass. Yeah, I agree with you there, definitely. I don't think there's any call for plastic grass. But if you disagree with us, if you can find a yeah. reason for plastic grass, then good I mean, luck you could to argue. You. I bet you somebody says, oh, yeah, but you'll mow the lawn with your petrol lawn mower. But a plastic lawn doesn't need that. Mm -hmm. But we've both eaten at the same time. Yeah. We've both <laughs> Long pause on the Long podcast. Pause. What? But what? Because we're um, too busy troughing our carrot soup. Yeah, if you're listening on the podcast, definitely head on over to YouTube um, and watch us eat. <laughs> Rather than listen to, to us. But also to see this extraordinary plastic... <laughs> Plants. So you combine the, I'm going to call them fake plants. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. With I'm going to call them faux. <laughs> faux. Your faux grasses <laughs> with the vray grasses. Yeah. You do. And does it... Not outdoors, indoors. Okay, indoors. Why? Why not have the real thing? Um, well, the why is a boring answer because it was for a load of filming that we did. And it was just easier to make okay, them look gorgeous all yeah. the time. Yeah, true. Um, but it's half the number of plants to... I mean, it is a fairly exceptional... I think this is normal, but the number of people who have commented on it, I realise actually we probably have got quite a lot of houseplants. I can tell you. We're sitting in Jez's dining room, also kitchen, and uh, we are surrounded... It's like a jungle. There are so many plants. It's beautiful. You've used Thank them you. as kind of furniture, really, haven't you? Yeah. I mean, there's half what we had at the farm. Um, wow. So I sort of look at it and think, oh, I need to buy more. Uh, <laughs> but but it's nice to have, you know, if you've got like a little gap back there, for example, you can pop something like that in and it fills it out. Yeah. It is plastic. But anyway, so we have a listener question <clears throat> talking mm, to bees. Excellent. And uh, Victoria asked about tips for beginner beekeepers. Mm. So let the controversy continue. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> because. Um, so she oh, doesn't keep bees. I sat on it. I thought it she, was uncomfortable. Wow. She <laughs> doesn't keep bees, but she wants to keep bees and she's wondering where to start. Yeah. And you have just extracted from your behind. Yes. I've whipped out. Which you were sitting on. Uh, what I, is that? This is a frame from a oh, super. Yeah. So this is where the honey, surplus honey is made, quote unquote surplus. So wow. this has all been made uh, by bees. This is all bees wax. And they create these cells, these hexagon cells that are so deep and then they have a little capping, uh, you know, like a barrier and then another hexagonal cell on the opposite yeah, side and nice. it's that that they fill with pollen, nectar and honey and then they cap over the top of it if it's honey to preserve it. But if you smell it, this for me is the smell of beekeeping. It's a little bit faded because I've had it here in the house but it's oh, this sort of rich, earthy, slightly sweet. Creamy. Mm -hmm. And that's the smell waxy. of propolis is, is really what that smell is. Say probably that word again. Propolis. Right. Um, and propolis, uh, probably propolis and honey and wax combined, but predominantly propolis got such a gorgeous wow. smell. Um, so your tips for beginner beekeepers. If you really want to do it, definitely, definitely, definitely find a buddy. Find someone to help out because it is bizarre. If you think owning a dog is difficult, wait until you keep bees. Really? It is much more complicated than people ever tell you. And it's it, like it's joyful and I loved it. And, you know, we had 180 something hives at the farm. I think, which I is think a very the lady small who operation. asked this question is maybe thinking about <laughs> one, one <yeah>. two. 
<laughs> and it's difficult to keep one hive. Is because it? they split naturally. So swarming, entirely natural behaviour. So then what do you do with the bits that swarm? So yeah. you either keep it, and so now you've got suddenly two hives, and then they're going to swarm. So very quickly you find that beekeepers innocently start with one hive and end up with two or three or four. So think about that. Um, but definitely find someone who keeps bees now, because there's all myriad of things that go wrong. However, here's the controversial bit. I think too many people keep bees as a hobby and are contributing to the decline of honey bees. Ooh. Mm. There'll be letters. Uh, because... There definitely will be letters. Why do you think this? This is interesting. It's so complicated. There is so much that can go wrong with keeping bees, with the spread of disease. Um, you know, and I mean this entirely, I'm not, it's not a loaded thing, I don't mean to be patronising or, or, or um, careless when I say it, but when you start, you don't really know what you're doing. It is one of those things How that you, could you? Yeah. learn as you go along, but there yeah. is a wealth of information. I mean, for crying out loud, I was doing a, a, um, a master beekeeper course with Cornell that was a year and a half long. Wow. There's a lot to yeah. learn, right? Um and without that knowledge, you would innocently be spreading bee disease around the place and wouldn't even know. And I think that's a huge reason why we have a bee decline. They also do compete, you know, honeybees do compete for food of natural pollinators. Um, and it absolutely, the, the exponential rise in beekeeping, hobby beekeeping, probably is, is, um, is a part of that. Oh, wow. So you're saying it's become a kind of accidental monoculture of yeah. one sort of bee yeah a, a honey bee rather yeah. than so it's not so so even if everyone did their master of bees before they kept yeah, started yeah, yeah. keeping bees yeah. there would still be a pro even if people knew what they were doing there would still be a problem yeah, i think so yeah absolutely particularly because Gosh. with beekeeping you don't really know you there aren't many warning signs you don't know you've got a problem till you've got it till you can see it right <clears throat> um so I th my actual um, now, having been through all of that and done it and looking at the other side and having a lot of time to reflect, my recommendation is if you really want to keep bees, maybe don't support beekeepers who, you know, produce local honey by buying local honey. Um, because most of the stuff you buy in the supermarkets, if not nearly all of it, is not local honey. It's from the European Union or China or far away. Um, and if you want to help bees, because that's why you want to do beekeeping, plant pollinator-friendly flowers, you know, <clears throat> find I, some places to grow. I heard someone say once that keeping bees in your garden, like a hive, is and expecting it to help diversity is like keeping pigeons and expecting it to help the diversity of the yes, of that, the bird population that's a great, well. and it's yeah, yeah. it's not going to do that no all you end up with is tons of one type of that yeah. thing and that's not good for the stable environment you have to remember that beekeeping you know historically was much more it was much more genteel. It was managed because that's how people got their honey because we didn't have other sugar sources mm. and we didn't have all the other problems that we've got. If we were talking 50 years ago, great, everybody keep bees. But now no we've problem. got such a decline in, in insects everything. and pollinators yeah, yeah. that actually just bringing in more bees more is bees. not a great idea. Yeah, yeah. There are well, people who run shame. farms. It is a shame, but the world is a shame at the minute, isn't it? 
there are other podcasts available <laughs> that talk about fun things. We so, can't end like that. So tell me, like, let's have a good end. <laughs> we can't we end like that. We cannot end on a downer because I bloody love honey and I love honey from up the road yeah, yeah, and that's great. it tastes it. completely different. Mm -hmm. mm. So you're saying I can still, if I want to buy really good honey, always from a beekeeper, supporting diversity, mm -hmm. I still yep. should go to a beekeeper. Yep, just don't become a beekeeper yourself. Okay. We have enough beekeepers. What we don't have is enough support for beekeepers. Got it. And then we don't have to import honey from elsewhere, which has a carbon footprint, which is also, you know, making the problem worse elsewhere. We can support the people that keep the bees as they are right now. Imagine if everybody did tap dancing, how incredibly noisy the world would be. It's the same thing, but with bees. <laughs> that, is the, <laughs> that is the best analogy well, I've heard analogy. in a long time. That's can me. you tap dance? Well, I might show you. Oh my goodness, you can! <laughs> I can't dance, <laughs> let alone tap dance. I've got six left feet. I did notice. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say goodbye. Uh, enjoy your lunch. I'm enjoying it very much, Good so night. thanks. <laughs> Bye. See you next week. <laughs>